Okay, welcome to the very first episode of the Speech Path Podcast, and this is the podcast where we talk about everything speech pathology. I'm Amy Conrad, and today we're talking to Emily Gerth. So, Emily, do you just want to give a little introduction about yourself? Sure. Um, yeah, like Amy said, my name's Emily Gerth. I'm a first-year graduate student studying speech pathology at Purdue, and I also did my undergrad um, studying speech language and hearing sciences at Purdue as well. So I've been Purdue for five years now. All right, all right. So can you, for the very first question, can you tell us what is your definition of speech pathology? Yeah. Um, I've, yeah, it's kind of, that's an interesting question. I think I've talked to a lot of people that they don't know what it is and like everything that it has to offer. So what is your take on that? I do. I think that's a really hard question. And I think in general, I would just say speech pathology is helping anyone with some type of communication disorder or even swallowing disorder, whether it be a child, an infant, or even an adult. I think speech pathology offers a wide range of populations that we can serve because everyone needs to be able to talk, everyone needs to be able to communicate. So I think that's all that speech pathology encompasses. But I think a lot of people don't know what it is, so I usually say speech, like, I'm a speech therapist. Right, yeah. I remember yeah, I, I talked. That answer a lot. Yeah, I talked to a couple of like first graders with my best friend, and I told them I was a speech therapist, and I asked them if they knew what speech what a speech therapist does, and they were actually able to say like, oh, they help you talk better. That's so really cool. I thought I was like, oh well, at least first graders yeah. kind of know what a speech yeah, therapist does. Okay. So did you always know that you wanted to be a speech pathologist, or how did you become interested in that? I didn't. I actually didn't even know about a speech pathologist until, like, the end of my high school career, I would say. Um, I wanted to be a teacher, actually, when I was really younger, um, like an elementary school teacher, because I've always wanted to work with kids. Right. Um, But I was first, like, introduced to what a speech pathologist is when my grandmother had a stroke. Okay. And um, she worked with a speech pathologist mainly for swallowing issues. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So then I looked more into it, and I saw that you could work with children as well. You can work in different settings. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. That's kind of what I want to do. And I liked the one-on-one attention that you get rather than um, a big group of, like, having a classroom of 20 kids. I was like, I don't think I could do that. I'd rather have one-on-one yeah, um, focus. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So you said that you're an, you were an undergrad here at Purdue, yes. and then you went to grad school here as well. Yes. So why did you pick Purdue for grad school too? Because I've heard mixed reviews on. Some people think that you should go to right. a different place than undergrad. Some yeah. People think you should go the same. So. Yeah, and I had that same conflict when I was trying to decide on what to do. I know some people didn't even, like, apply to Purdue that did their undergrad at Purdue. Okay. But um, I think in the end, I ended up choosing Purdue, one, because of the overall program was exactly what I was looking for. It fit everything that I was interested in. I know, like, at Purdue and some of, like, the big research schools, they really focus on research and evidence-based practice. So I was really interested in that and just, like, how the overall program is super, super strong. Um, And even though I went to undergrad here, I didn't know most of, like, the professors that I have now okay. and most of the supervisors that I have now. And, I, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm still at Purdue, but the experience has been completely different. Okay. 
So I think, and I think it could probably be like that wherever you would go right. too. Um, but I ended up choosing Purdue mainly just because I think out of all my options, it fit what I wanted the best and it was the strongest program overall. Okay. So combining those two things and then financially as well. Right. I live in Indiana, yeah. so that was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so um, did you apply to any other grad schools besides Purdue? I did. I applied to, I think, a total of nine. Okay. So I don't even remember all of them. I think I applied to, like, Northwestern, IU, um, Miami of Ohio, um, University of, or Loyola University in Maryland, Mm -hmm. Um, and then I applied to some in like North Carolina and South Carolina just because I wanted to live on the East Coast okay. too. Okay. So yeah, a total of nine. I don't even remember. Oh, I applied to some like in um, Wisconsin as well. Okay. So Marquette. Okay, cool. Yeah. So do you, is there like one thing or a couple things that you did in your undergrad or during your application process that you think really, really helped you like prepare or yeah. get in? Um, like, yeah. I I worked at a summer camp um, for four years working with a girl that had a disability. Um, so I think that, like, one-on-one type of interaction that I had for four years, I think they like to look at, like, consistency okay. of your work. Um, I think that helped a lot. And I was able to talk about that in my personal statement as well. Right. And I think just, like, having a variety of experiences helps as well. Like, I've also worked with kids with autism Mm -hmm. which is also like what my interests are as well um and then I worked in a research lab for a little bit as well when I was at Purdue okay so okay cool um so do you know so basically your plan after school do you know what your plan after you graduate is I guess um well not particularly um I'm still I definitely know that I want to work with children. Okay. So I think I'm still on the fence, whether it be in, like, a medical setting right now or, like, a school setting. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two externships lined up right now. One's, of course, in a school because you do a school externship at grad, in grad school and you do a healthcare externship in grad school. Okay. So with the school, I'm basically just going to stay in Indianapolis. And then for my healthcare one, I'm going to be at Riley Children's okay. Hospital. So I think I'm going to kind of base it off of those two experiences to see, like, which path I want to go. Yeah, that makes sense. Have you – has grad school, like, prepared you at all to, like, open you up to the different options that you have? Or, like, what can you tell us about the different facets of speech pathology, I guess? Definitely, yeah. I think especially here at Purdue, we – you see so many different types of clients that I think it prepares you really well for the future – or maybe if you don't necessarily see that client here um, while you're in grad school, you learn about it. Okay. So I think they prepare you really well to at least know where to go to find information about right. wherever you're going to work. And I think they give you plenty of opportunities to work with all these different populations. So then when you go out and you have to find a job, you'd be like, oh, well, I worked with this type of client, which is similar right. to what you're going to be working with um, out in the actual field. Yeah, okay, that's cool. So, um, did you, have you ever thought about, like, doing research or anything? Because I know you said, 
Um, you liked Purdue because it was really research-based, yeah. and do you ever think that you'd want to go on after that? Or I, yeah, I've actually had this, like, really big predicament right now because okay. I kind of, I was interested in maybe pursuing a PhD. Okay. Um, but in the end, I think I came to the terms that actually I wanted to be a clinician first for a couple of years, go out in the field, experience, gain experience, because mm-hmm. I think that will help if I ever do want to come back and right. Purdue it. A pursue a PhD um, but I also think it's really interesting because as clinicians you can become like a clinical researcher okay. and you can conduct like your own research and you can kind of form hypotheses about your cl- your clients that you see so I've kind of I think at the moment I am going to kind of pursue that type of okay. research and just like kind of to form like an evidence-based type of practice of my own um and then maybe we'll see what the future holds but maybe someday I'll go back and get a PhD but not at the moment (laughs) yeah is it ever common for people to go straight from do you know like straight from their master's to their PhD or do most people get um I think it it depends okay um I know some people that worked in the field for several years and then came back and got their PhD I know there are some girls that I think one girl in the program, she's getting her master's and then going straight to getting her PhD. Um, so I think it just depends on the person. And I I think a lot of the people that want to pursue a PhD, like, they know what they're interested in, what their research right. topics are and that kind of stuff. And that's where I felt, I was like, I don't even know what I want to right. research. Yeah, so, okay, yeah. All right, so if you stay a clinician, I think, where do you see yourself in about 10 years? Do you- um... I, at the moment, I think, like I said before, definitely with the pediatric population, and I think I would like to be more in the healthcare type of setting, okay. um, even maybe, like, working with, like, really little babies, um, or people with, like, cleft palates, mm-hmm. or it, just pediatric population, like, swallowing disorders and right. that kind of stuff, but I'm also interested in, like, the pediatric population, like, language disorders as well. Okay. So, even, like, kids with autism or just, like, specific language impairments. So, I think it – I don't I don't really know at this moment, yeah. but I think speech pathology just gives you such a wide array of opportunities. Right. Yeah, like, I you agree. can go multiple different paths, and I'm happy to go in any of those mm-hmm. directions, you know, which I yeah. think is really – really neat about this profession right. yeah I completely agree with that so you talked to, you just said briefly you mentioned um you would work with like babies mm-hmm. so obviously babies can't talk so can you tell us like a little bit about that how what can a speech pathologist how can they work with infants yeah that's a really good question so this is what something I've just recently become interested in but speech pathology also encompasses swallowing disorders as well. Mm -hmm. So we can work with individuals that have difficulty swallowing. So whether it be like a stroke patient, people that have cancers, Parkinson's patients, but even little babies that have difficulty swallowing, whether it be they have like cerebral palsy or cleft palates or just they're preemies, so they're having problems with their swallowing. So, um... The biggest thing with infants, I think, would just be, like, like sucking and being able right. to feed on their own and that kind of stuff. Okay. So. Cool. Um, all right. So do you think that you could tell us maybe 
what is like one of the best experiences that you've had or have you ever had some experience where you're like yes like I'm definitely in the right career I know this is what I want to do yeah something like that um I've been working with one client um he's an AR slash autism type of client and I don't know just like working with him he was nonverbal at the beginning and just like being able to work with him and now he's able to say like a couple of words and he's better able to like take turns with people and he's made a lot of progress so I think I think working with him I've been like oh this is definitely what I want to do I want to work with kids um and it just kind of like confirmed like okay I can do this too you know because there's always like a little thing in the back of your head you're like I don't even know if I can do this so just the fact that he's been making like progress as well I'm like yeah Yeah. this is definitely what I want to do okay so um jumping back a little bit to talking about grad schools um, so you have like clinical experience, you get that clinical experience while you're in grad school. Correct, yeah. So do you do any of it in your first year or does it all start in your externships? So yeah, you get your clinical experience, it kind of like, at Purdue anyway, it builds upon each other each semester. Okay. So my first semester, your first year, you basically have like one clinic placement And it's only about, like, you get, like, face-to-face time with a client, like, for one hour. And then my next semester, so the semester that I'm in right now, so the spring semester of your first year, um, you get a lot more clients. I think we get, like, four to six hours of face-to-face time per week of clients. And then it builds even more to your summer of your first year. And then on to your second year, you have, like, six to nine face-to-face hours with clients um per week okay so that's right now I have like a total of four different clinic placements and then it's going to just like keep increasing as the semesters go on so you get a ton of experience before you go on to your externships that is nice yeah so okay so then after you have two externships and how long do those externships last they they last I think 10 weeks both of them so you have your education um externship for 10 weeks and then you have your healthcare externship right afterwards for 10 weeks okay all right so then after those then you go on to a clinical fellowship correct yeah okay so how can you tell us a little bit about how that works um basically I I don't know too much actually about clinical fellowships because we haven't been introduced they talk about it more when you're in your second year okay um but from what I understand you don't have your C's yet so you have to have a supervisor right um, can you can I interrupt you? Can you yeah. tell us a little bit? What are what are the C's? The C's like? are basically what you need to get to be a certified. It's basically your credentials right. to be a speech pathologist. So it's C C C and everyone just calls them the C's. Okay. Alright, cool. Thank you. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, back to the fellowship. So you need a supervisor who has the C their C's and um you have you need to be supervised for basically I think it's nine months. Okay. Um, and then you can go on and become a certified speech pathologist. Um, but your fellowship can be really in any type of setting that you want. Um, you just need to have. It's hard to find people that will supervise you for your fellowship. Okay. It's from what I've understood. Okay. But. So yeah. does the university help you out at all, like trying to figure out where you want to go or connect you with people that 
um, are willing to take on those students? Or I'm, is it basically all on your own? Or do you I, know? You I'm not it? 100% sure on that. Um, I'm assuming that the university would probably help you find it. I know for like the externships, you kind of have you have to find your own externships for healthcare in any way, but um, the university has helped us. Like, oh, we've worked with these people before, okay. and we know that they're they have really great supervisors there. So they kind of I think they help you steer you in the right direction, right. but they're not going to like hand it to you. Right. But yeah, I think okay. they do give you guidance. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure on the fellowship though. Okay. Do you think, so earlier you talked a little bit about you wanted to live on the East Coast. Do you think you'd ever do like an actor, or a clinical fellowship out there maybe? Maybe. It just depends, yeah. Where you get in. Yeah. And I mean, that's the cool thing about the healthcare externships too. Granted, I'm doing mine at Riley, but I could have applied anywhere in the United States. You okay. can do your externship, well, for your healthcare externship anyway, you can do it out in California if you want to, in Florida. I know there's some people that wanted to do it on the East Coast. Like, you can go anywhere for your right. healthcare, which is really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Okay. So, I guess just to wrap it up a little bit, are you, are you ex- like, how excited are you for your career, I guess? I'm so excited to be a, finally a speech pathologist. Yeah. Um, I think it, I've been working for it for so long, too, and you just you've been learning so much about it and you finally get hands-on hands experience doing it um, in grad school but then I think I'm just excited to actually go out in the field and be on my own and be able to finally do what I've been studying and working on for the past well be six years at the time so yeah I'm really and I think the field just offers such a big possibility Mm -hmm. of everything um you can go in multiple different directions. So if you get bored with one population or one setting, right. you can easily switch. So, yeah. Yeah, that is very cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Would you say that's one of your favorite parts, I think, about it, is that you can switch. Direct, yeah. You can change directions if yeah. you want to. I, yeah, 100%. I... I'm someone that I, I, if I get bored with something, I need to find something else right. to do. And I think that's how a lot of people are. And I think with this profession, you can do that, you know, mm-hmm. and you're given the opportunities to do that. And with grad school, you're being prepared to work with adults or work with children. Right. You're given all those opportunities. So if you ever wanted to change directions in speech pathology, you definitely could. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much, Emily. And if you guys want to know more about this podcast, you can go to www.speechpathpodcast.com. Thank you very much. Thank you.